Late Night Council is a production of Council Communications. This is Late Night Council. This is bigger. This is very big. There's definitely something here. Apparently, it's a big deal. It's all over the news. It's a real thing. A radio signal from another world. Who's John Council? That's my grandpa. Well, your story is very compelling. Your chance to make history. That's pretty cool, I guess. Give it to me straight. John, you're in charge. Welcome, welcome, welcome um, to Late Night Council. You can get in on this. You can call. You can you you know you can take over the show before you even hear what I want to talk about tonight. How much free? How the freedom you have on this program? Unbelievable. And if you're in the capital region, I hope your basement is dry. If you're listening from anywhere in North America, I don't know. I mean, the signal's good. I know they. I know they can get us in Burnt Church, uh, New Brunswick. Okay. And I know that they can get this signal in uh, uh, Vulcan, Mississippi, and Vulcan, Alberta. Oil Springs, Kentucky. Yeah, signal goes in strong there. Bumpus Mills, Tennessee. We are experiencing flooding that we haven't seen in this region, in the capital region. Well, at least since I've been here, and I've been here for 17 years. My home that I live in, we built this home 15 years ago. And uh, I remember talking to the builder. And he brought in at least a dozen dump truck loads, big dump truck loads of soil to build up the lot, you know, so it was high. I said, why are you putting the house up so high? I don't like leaky basements. Now, I got a sump hole in my basement, okay? My sump hole with a sump pump in there has never, the sump pump has never gone on. We have never had water in that sump hole. Ever. 15 years living here. We have never had sump, uh, uh, water in the sump hole. The sump pump has never gone on. Last night, Heather went downstairs to check it. Just to go, I may check it out. The thing was two inches from the floor. That's how high the water table has been. From going to never having water in the sump hole in the history of living in this home to two inches. So last night, me being the doofus and not doing anything about sump pumps or sump holes, I figure, you know what I got to do? I got to get the, uh, some buckets. And, and I took 20 buckets of water out of there and dumped it into our, you know, our our septic system here, which didn't help it at all. But uh, I am glad to report that the rain has slacked off a little bit today and the water level in the sump hole is down about four or five inches. Now, all of you right now, while I'm saying this, you're saying, Council, we could care less about your sump hole for crying out loud. We do not listen to late night council for you to tell us about whether your basement's flooding or not. Well, the reason I brought I brought that up is because, you know, in the capital region, and excisable the audience here is in the capital region, our hearts and our prayers go out with you if you're if you're sandbagging it. Um, my worship leader that, that that leads our whole music program in our church, she couldn't even get into church this morning because all the roads are closed in Quebec. Her husband's got to work from her home. He works for the government. So it's really affecting a lot of people here. But it looks like this week isn't going to be as bad. So that's what's going on in the capital region. What's the biblical take on that? Because you know what it is, ask the pastor, and I try to, you know, put a biblical spin or give it the biblical perspective on anything. I am happy to report that we have not witnessed any um, people loading a lot of animals into a large boat, okay? That's not happening here, so that's probably a good thing. 
It is open line, open topic, as it always is on Sunday nights. 343-700-4390 is the Capital Region line. That's 343-700-4390. If something's burning in your bosom and you don't have to wait for, you know, counsel to yak about what he wants to talk about tonight and you want to go for it, well, then go for it, okay? Call in right now if there's something burning on you. Eric's got an email. I haven't, you know, checked to see whether it's airworthy yet, so we may be going to that shortly. But, again, i got a ton of stuff to talk about. I've got two hours to do it probably could go six or seven hours but you know you you probably don't want to stay up if you're in the eastern time zone you probably do not want to stay up till like three or four in the morning listening to me anyway i think probably by 11 o'clock you're probably gonna think you know uh, it's a good show tonight i've had enough i'm going to bed okay and i gotta work tomorrow so three four three seven hundred forty three ninety is the capital region line that's three four three seven hundred forty three ninety and if you're calling from one of those, uh, oh, I don't know, those exotic places all across uh, uh, this wonderful continent that we live in, it's still wonderful, although it's eroding uh, by the week, it seems. If you're calling from East Gwillimbury, Ontario, if you're calling from Jinx, Georgia, if you're calling from Lulu, Nebraska, if you're calling from Mummy, Kentucky, 1-844-LNC is on. That's your number. That's one 844 1-844-562-4766. During the information breaks, You'll hear it again, okay, and often. We want you to memorize it. And if you want to email me, uh, it's got to be under six lines on my computer screen, not on yours. If your emails are coming in and they're never getting read, it may be because it's six lines on yours, but it's not six on mine. It's 24 on mine. I don't know, okay? Just keep trying. And I'm not going to get it on there just because it's under six lines. It's got to be airworthy, okay? So JC at LateNightCouncil.com. That is the email address. Keep it under six lines. Hopefully, you know, we can. you're going to contribute to the show and people are going to go, wow, I love Eric's emails. He's amazing. Man, I never heard. I can't believe that guy puts together such good emails. He really makes, he really makes counsel earn his pay. JC at LateNightCouncil.com is the email address. JC at LateNightCouncil.com. If you want to tweet at me, I love Twitter. I, you know, I probably spend too much time on Twitter. Have a lot of fun with Twitter. JW Council is the Twitter exchange, okay? JW Council. Let's have at her. Whatever you want to yak about, let's go for it. What's on your mind tonight, John? What are you going to start off with? Well, I've had the Aaron Hernandez story. If you've been listening the last couple weeks... I've had the Aaron Hernandez story, uh, you know, ready to go because I wanted to make some comments on it. But like I've said, you know, I haven't been able to fit it into the program because calls come in, emails come in, and and uh, other stuff takes precedence. And, and tonight I'm going to lead with it because I came across, and if you follow me on Twitter or you go to the Late Night Council Facebook page, you know I've already put the link up for this article. I came across probably the best article I've ever read on teen suicide. And, it, of course, it directly relates with the old Aaron Hernandez uh, uh, situation. Now, for those of you, who's Aaron Hernandez? Aaron Hernandez is uh, the, the star uh, uh, player uh, for the New England Patriots that was charged with uh, a double murder in 2012, okay? And he was recently uh, acquitted. And I didn't know that because it, uh, the, the acquittal came uh, uh, just a little while ago. And uh, I want to give you a little bit of uh, some of the reports, like he committed suicide a couple weeks ago, and it was dramatic. And you're going to hear, I mean, most suicides are dramatic. That's neither good nor bad. I mean, when a suicide takes place, you kind of, you know, and if it's a friend of yours or, you know, if it's somebody that you're aware of, that grabs people's attention. That's like, whoa, man, you're going to be kidding, okay? But this has got a real twist to it. And uh, you'll know why when, it, when you know, we get yakking about it. And I want to hear your thoughts on it, if you do have any thoughts on it, because I certainly do. Former NFL star Aaron Hernandez was excited about his acquittal. Listen to this. 
And I didn't even know he'd been acquitted. You know, I guess this just came out recently. I thought he was in there for life. But former NFL star Aaron Hernandez was excited about his acquittal in a 2012 double slaying and didn't appear to have thoughts of suicide in the days before he killed himself in his prison cell, according to a report from the Massachusetts prison officials. The State Department of Correction Report, uh, of the Correction Report, released last Thursday, also said there were no drugs in Hernandez's system when the former New England Patriots tight end hanged himself at the Sousa Baranowski prison on April the 19th while serving a life sentence in a 2013 murder. Hernandez was found hanging from a bedsheet just five days after he was acquitted in the killings of two men in Boston in July 2012. The report described interviews with, in- with inmates who said that in the days before his death, Hernandez appeared happy about his acquittal and seemed to be looking forward to the future. They stated that he was positive and even happily emotional, which was not usual of Hernandez, the report states. An inmate who claimed to be one of Hernandez's closest friends said he was shocked by Hernandez's suicide because he seemed so upbeat after his acquittal. Since Friday's verdict, he had been talking about the NFL and going back to play, even if it wasn't with the Pats, the inmate said, according to the report. He talked about his daughter and spending time with her. A separate report released Thursday by state police said Hernandez wrote, John 3.16, a reference to a biblical passage, in ink on his forehead and in blood on the wall of a cell. Wow. The Bible verse says, probably the most you know memorized Bible verse in the world, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. A Bible was nearby, open to John 3.16, with the verse marked in blood. Now, how do you make sense of that? Hey, man, a bizarre. Now, this is from another report from Christian Post reporter. While not much is known about Hernandez's commitment to Christianity prior to his death, Business Insider notes that when he was at the University of Florida, Christian sports icon Tim Tebow, everybody's heard of him, was Hernandez's life instructor. And that life instructor's got quotations around it, okay? That's not really a common thing, but I guess that was he was he had a good relationship with Tim Tebow, at the very least. Okay, Hernandez had lost his father prior to prior to attending the University of Florida, and he had become very angry, according to his mother Terry. She explained in 2009 that the head coach Urban Meyer became his father, more or less. They were so close that the pair would read the Bible together every morning at 7:30 in Meyer's office. I mean, wow, this guy obviously had a connection with God. This guy obviously knew about the gospel. He obviously knew about heaven and hell and eternity. And it sounds like he was struggling against, you know, his own personal demons and and, and sin. And and if I'm speculating here too much and you want to give your take on this, please, that's why we're here, okay? That's why we do the show. But I'd like to throw this out to you. Can, Can God's grace cover an act of suicide? Have you ever thought about that? Oh, I've had really, I've had really delicious debates with theologians on this. And, you know, uh, 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 theological professors and pastors and people who are serious about their faith, especially when it comes to God and the Christian faith. Can God's grace cover an act of suicide? Is suicide a one-way ticket to hell? I mean, it's murder, isn't it? Thou shalt not murder. And most suicides are premeditated because they're called suicides. 
When somebody has an overdose accidentally and they die, that's not considered a suicide. That's maybe carelessness. That's maybe an accident. But a suicide is something premeditated where, you know, they go through the, I'm not going to go into the gory details, but they go through the motions of setting themselves off. So they do themselves in. So it's premeditated murder. Can God's grace forgive suicide? What if the person has no time to repent? What if the person's, and I don't mean to sound graphic, but, you know, they've hung themselves and they've kicked the chair away and they're losing consciousness and they cry out to God. Can God's grace cover that? And I've used this as illustration before, but, it, 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 you know, I, I would not be doing, you know, this show or my purpose justice without bringing it up again. There is a suicide mentioned in the Bible that, the God's, that God sanctions. And I've had discussions with theologians, and some of them have disagreed with me. And I, I'm sorry, but they, I, theologically, they don't have a leg, leg to stand on. Samson, in, and you look it up, Samson in, in, in uh, Judges 16, that was a suicide. Okay? He asked God for the power to kill himself. Let me die with the Philistines. And his motives weren't even that good. He said, let me die so I will get revenge for my eyes because they blinded him. And no human could have moved those pillars. He asked God to let him die with the Philistines, and God grants him his request. God empowers him to commit suicide. Well, how do you know he made it to heaven? Well, I mean, if I'm interpreting the Bible properly, and, you know, you can, you know, put your spin on it. And Hebrews 11.32, which every, uh, pretty much every Christian has, has uh, uh, labeled, you know, for 2,000 years since it was written, as being kind of like God's, they haven't used this terminology, but it's kind of like God's Hall of Fame. It's filled with examples of people who, you know, pleased God and exercised faith. And Samson is listed in the heroes of the Old Testament. And it seems as though the guy made it. And if that's the case, that is the only God-sanctioned suicide ever. But what about some of the others? When we come back, okay, I don't want to get into it yet. I don't like watching TV. I don't watch TV. I watch sports. Okay, I watch. I will watch a Netflix movie with my wife and my daughter and friends. And you know, we might have you know some specific stuff without commercials that you know uh, uh, that we want to see. But as far as network TV and the blather and the garbage and the stuff that everybody's watching, dear God, put me in a room and let me watch paint dry. I think TV is the, the just the absolute. It's a wasteland as far as I'm concerned. What isn't offensive to me, and this is just me, it's just my opinion, what isn't offensive to me and ticks me off bores me silly. So I have never heard of the Netflix original show, 13 Reasons Why. Okay? You heard of the show? 13 Reasons Why? Until today, when I was researching for the show. Because talk about Andrew Hernandez, and I came across this amazing article that, if I were you, I would go to uh, the Late Night Council Facebook page or go to my Twitter feed and down and, and go to the link. And, and get familiar with this article. I do not have time to quote the whole thing, but I'm going to be quoting extensively from it tonight, okay? The Netflix series, uh, TV series, 13 Reasons Why, okay? The whole thing is 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 based upon, uh, uh, well, let me give you a little bit of the article here, okay? The whole thing is based on this girl, she commits suicide and leaves seven cassette tapes giving 13 reasons why she committed suicide. Oh, boy, that sounds like a fun thing to watch on TV, does it? Give me a break. Well, there's a guy by the name of Greg Steers that you're going to hear about when we come back from the break, okay, who was a youth pastor and a youth specialist in the Metro Denver area, 
right when the Columbine shooting took place in April of, uh, of, uh, of uh, 1999. And this guy has had the opportunity to minister and to speak to over a million kids in North America. And one of the most powerful things he talks about is how kids, you know, he's he's totally obviously anti-suicide. And we know we've got almost an epidemic of it in North American culture. You know, you would think with kids that have everything, you know, they'd be content. No, 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 okay? And I want to talk about the article, and I want to hear your thoughts on it, the whole thing. We're going to talk about suicide for a little while. And uh, you just you just hang with us, okay? Um, you're going to hear some tunes, okay? we got some commercials coming. we got some ads coming. Not on this show, but they are coming. In the meantime, you need to, you need to, really, you need to really be... Uh, um, you need to really be thankful that we're, you know, we can play music. So I, I gotta, I, I'm not a big gospel music or Christian rock or contemporary Christian music fan. I, I just am not. And if you want to ask me why, we can get into that tonight as well. So I kind of went looking for tunes tonight that are pertinent to what we're talking about. And uh, some of them, some of you, some of you younger kids out there, you never would have heard these tunes before. And I hope they don't bore you to tears. But though anybody my age, you know, you're going to, oh man, I haven't heard that in years. Well, and we're going to take a break. I'm going to take my breath, okay? And then we're going to come back and talk about suicide. But when was the last time you heard this Alan Parsons Project gem? Oh, you've heard of them before because they had hits and everything. No, no, this is a this would be considered a deep cut. And I think it's pretty pertinent to what we're going to be talking about in the next few minutes. Of course, you could hijack the show and call in at 343-700-4390 in the Capital Region. That's 343-700-4390 or 1-844-562-4766 if you're calling long distance. But in the meantime, uh, uh, check this out.
Can't take it with you. Well, you can take your iPhone with you, and you can call my show, too. 343-700-4390. It's Late Day Council. 343-700-4390 in the Capital Region. 343-700-4390. 1-844-562-4766. That's 1-844-562-4766. Now, John has emailed me, and I'm glad he did. And it's self-explanatory. I want to give you the email here. JC at Late Night Council, if you want to email me. Speaking of Aaron Hernandez, if you're just tuning in, uh, we're talking about the Aaron Hernandez suicide and suicide in general. We'll get to that in just a second. He said, Hernandez was acquitted in a double slaying, but still serving a life sentence in the first murder case that he had been guilty of. He was never going to be getting out of prison because of the first conviction. The acquittal just meant that he was going to face further charges. And I'm certainly not doubting you in any way, John, but that leaves me somewhat confused as to, you know, uh, 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 why... It says in the Ottawa Sun report of Saturday, which is an Associated Press report, since Friday's verdict, he had been talking about the NFL and going back to play, even if it wasn't with the Pats. He talked about his daughter and spending time with her. So how do you explain that? There's a lot of loose ends on this story here. And, John, if you got any insight on that and you want to email me back, I'd love to hear from you because I appreciate you sending in that other email. And it had prompted me, you know, because I've had this story. I've wanted to talk about it for about uh, uh, two weeks now. And uh, I came across, well, I'll give you I'll, I'll give you a little bit of this article. This guy's name is Greg Steer. You can find him online. It's And, and, I've, and I've posted the link. You can read this. I'm not going to take the time to read the whole thing. But I'm going to read quite a bit about it, uh, quite a bit, bit of it, because this is huge. This I think, and I said on Twitter, and I don't mean to exaggerate or be sensational in any way, I think this is a, possibly the best article I've ever read on teen suicide. It tends to be a somewhat a little bit preachy. The guy's coming from a Christian perspective. Of course, I'm a Christian. But I haven't seen anything else that works in preventing suicide like what this guy's talking about. Yeah, I'm biased. And if you want to give me the other side of it and you want to, please, I'd love to hear from you, okay? Because, you know, if we're talking about preventing suicide, we're all ears, aren't we? I mean, if you can prevent just one from a discussion, I think we're doing good. Over 3 million copies of the novel 13 Reasons Why have been sold at the Netflix series as a runaway hit. It's the story of a shy high school student named Clay Jensen who comes home from school to find a package containing seven cassette tapes. On these tapes... Another high schooler named Hannah Baker details 13 reasons why she chose to kill herself. Each tape unpacks more and more dark secrets and horrific happenings that unfolded during Hannah's short and painful life. The storyline is filled with hurt and abuse that range from cyberbullying to rape. Suicide prevention groups often loathe both the book and the series, accusing them of glorifying suicide amongst teenagers. I mean, you can you can see why they'd be concerned, you know, a TV series. I mean, you, you can't help but think there are some vulnerable kids that watch the show. They start getting ideas. Now, I told you about Greg Steer. He was a youth pastor in the Denver area of a very large and successful church with hundreds of kids in his youth group when the Columbine shootings took place in Denver. Okay. He's been able to minister to over a million teenagers. His organization is called Dare to Share. And one of the main things that he does, one of the main things that he's, he's devoted to, is preventing teen suicide. So you've got to give credit for the guy, to, guy for that. And he posted, he posted a link to his article that he's just written. And again, I put the link out there. 13 Reasons. Now remember, the show is called 13 Reasons Why. Well, Steers' article is entitled... 
13 reasons why suicide is the worst option. The worst option. And it is so good. And I, I listen, I'm asking you, you know that this show is available uh, via podcast at LateNightCouncil.com. And it's usually available the next day as well as, you know, the Nick at Night shows. It's on the same uh, website where you're listening from right now. And uh, you just uh, uh, click the buttons. It's a little awkward. It's a little primitive. And we're working at it. And you know what? I saw the first... I saw the first prototype of the new website this week. Okay, it is coming. Okay, we're making progress. But you can. Da- I want you to download this podcast, put it in your iTunes or however you store it, and I want you to share this with people. Okay, because as far as I'm concerned, this guy's article and what he's got to say, and even the link. Okay, I, I this can't get promoted enough, and I don't mind promoting other people's stuff when it's this good. Okay, so I'm going to quickly go through. The 13 reasons here, okay? And if we got to go to the break at the bottom of the, uh, the hour here, we'll do that. You'll get the whole thing. And, and if I don't get a uh, call, 343-700-4390 in the capital region and one 844 Here we go. Okay, here's 13 reasons why suicide is the worst option. Now, remember, his target is teenagers. And a lot of us, no matter how, how old we are, we probably are connected to somebody, you know, who's, you know, struggling. And with shows like 13 Reasons Why and, and all the other garbage that's on that's in media that kids are feeding off of, I, I'm not surprised. You know, I'm surprised there's not more kids doing them in, doing themselves in. Number one, while you have a life, there's still the possibility of hope. The wisest man ever to live, King Solomon, wrote these words in Ecclesiastes 9.4. Anyone who's among the living has hope. Even a live dog is better off than a dead lion. Right now, while you still have, a, have air in your lungs... You have the possibility of hope, forgiveness, and redemption, no matter what you've done or what has been done to you. Number two, you only get one life on this earth, just as people are destined to die once and after that to face a judgment. He's quoting Hebrews 9.27 there. Once you're dead, this life is gone. There are no do-overs. There's no second chances. There's no reincarnation. You live once. You die once. That's it. You only get one shot at this thing called life. Please don't cut it short. Number three, there are other options. Getting counseling, trying out a new group of friends, finding a church to plug into, diving into a hobby or a sport. There, these are just a handful of ideas that are way better options than killing yourself. Make a list of the ideas outside of killing yourself. Choose one and go for it. Now, this one I really like. This one is so necessary. Number four here. There's nothing romantic about suicide. From the time Romeo and Juliet, a story about star-crossed young lovers who both end up committing suicide... From the time it was penned, many have thought of suicide as a romantic notion. It is not. As a former pastor, I've had to do funerals of suicide victims, and I want to tell you there's nothing romantic about a suicide. I remember family members at one funeral who kept rushing the casket up front while I was preaching. They were weeping and mourning with indescribable pain. Suicide is a brutally selfish act that leaves maximum pain and grief in the hearts of the surviving family and friends. It traumatizes children, teenagers, and entire communities. If you're a suicidal teenager reading these words right now, I beg you to get some help. Suicide may seem like you're the like it's the only way out but it's not it's the most brutal choice you can make don't make it i love the urgency in his his, uh, writing here number five it's not your life to take now some people struggle with this you want to call and argue with me over this please feel free but he quotes psalm 100 verse 3 know that the lord is god it is he who made us and we are his we are his people the sheep of his pasture we are made by god you're not your own it's not your life to take 
And God, your maker, made you for a purpose. It may not feel like that right now, but you are his and he has given you the gift of life for a divine purpose. Don't reject the gift he has graciously given you. Instead, try to find out the reason he has given it to you in the first place. And that could be quite an adventure. And I mean a very positive and wonderful adventure. Number six, and I'm going past the bottom hour, but I don't care. I own the studio. I own the station. My show. Number six, even if nobody else loves you, God does. I've met very few teenagers who are, tr- who, who are truly unloved. Usually there's somebody somewhere who cares about them. But even in the very worst case scenario, there's at least one who loves you, and that's God. And then he quotes John three sixteen that Aaron Hernandez, you know, had on his forehead, and his Bible was open to it before he, he did himself in. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And then he says, now put your name in the place of the world and read it out loud. For God so loved, in my case, John Council. Your creator, the one who formed you in your mother's womb, that comes from Psalm 139, 13, loves you, even if nobody else does. That in and of itself should be enough reason to keep you living. Number seven, God sent his only son to die for you so that you may truly live. And he quotes John three sixteen again. God loved you so much that he willingly sacrificed his beloved son, Jesus, so that you could have life, hope, forgiveness, and purpose. Jesus is not only dying to meet you, he died to meet you. He rose again and is extending his hands in the offer of eternal life if you simply put your faith in him. This hope is not accessed through religion, but through a relationship with God. This brand of life is not achieved by trying harder, but received by trusting in Jesus and his death in your place for your sin on the cross. He died to give you life. He rose from the dead and proved to prove that true life is only found in him. Number eight, this is 13, this is from Greg Steer's article, and you can download the whole thing, and I'm, I'm, I'm skipping big parts of it, folks. You can download it and go to the link that I posted on, on uh, at JW Council on uh, Twitter and at the Late Night Council Facebook page. 13 reasons why suicide is the worst op- uh, option. Again, the target audience is teenagers here. Number eight, Jesus emphasizes with your, empathizes, sorry, Jesus empathizes with your pain in ways nobody else can. Then he quotes Hebrews 4, 16. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are. Yet he did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Number nine, God can redeem your pain. This is, this is heavy stuff here. God can redeem your pain. No, it do, notice it doesn't say necessarily take it away. Okay, now you can do that too. But he says God can redeem your pain and use you to help others going through the same kind of pain. And he brilliantly uses 2 Corinthians 1, 3 to 5. Praise be the God, Father, Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us, comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. And then he tells a bit of a story. I never knew my biological father. I was the result of a short-term sexual relationship. My father abandoned me and my mom before I was ever born. I was also raised in an inner city, violent and relatively poor family by a single mom. As a child, I witnessed things that no child should ever have to see. I experienced things that no child should ever have to experience. But God has redeemed all of that. He redeemed my pain of being fatherless by being a father who I never had. He redeemed my pain of being raised in a broken family by giving me a spiritual family. And now I get to comfort countless teenagers in their pain with the comfort that God has given me. In the same way, God can not only comfort you in your pain, but use your story to comfort other teenagers and point them to Jesus Christ. Number 10, inward pain can make you strong. Then he quotes James 1, 
Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Whatever pain you're going through can either crush you or strengthen you, depending on your response to it. Let this inward pain make you spiritually, emotionally, and mentally strong by keeping your eyes riveted to the author of the message there, Christ. Number 11, there are ministries, there are churches, there are organizations that can walk you through it. There are many, many groups, right here in Ottawa there is as well, that can help you walk through this valley of the shadow depth to find true and lasting hope. Life is a team sport. Don't try to fight suicidal thoughts on your own. There are people out there who are waiting to help, but you have to let them know. Number 12, Satan wants to kill, kill you. Jesus wants you to really live. I mean, it's just an opinion here, and let me interject. I think when a suicide takes place, to me, that's the devil killing somebody. He's lied to them enough, he's beaten them down enough that he's got them convinced they're dead. And I, in my, in, as far as I'm concerned, that's the devil working there. Satan wants, to kill, wants you to kill yourself. Jesus wants you to really live. Jesus said the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that you might have full life and have it to the full. This singular verse of Scripture lays out two clear options. Listen to Satan and be destroyed, or listen to Jesus and find true life. Choose Jesus, choose life. And the last one, the last of the 13 reasons why suicide is the worst option. The temptations in your life are no different. It says there is a way out. That's the 13th reason. There is a way out. The tempt- and he quotes uh, 1 Corinthians 10, 13. The temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. And God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. When you are tempted, he will show you a way out so you can endure. Hey, maybe the way out is somebody listening to this podcast right now. Maybe the way out is you sharing this with somebody and emailing it to them. Hey, I heard this link. I want you to listen to it. Tell me what you think. You are not the only person who is going through trials, troubles, trauma, and temptation. And God promises to provide a way out. Look to him, him and he'll help you through it. Again, I skipped over huge parts of it. And that's why I posted the link on the on Twitter and on the Late Night Council Facebook page. I think it's terrific. Hey, if you like it, let me know. If you don't, let me know. Either way, 343-700-4390 is the Capital Region line. That's 343-700-4390. is the long distance line, okay? And that's uh, that's good for, oh, man, that's good for everywhere. JC at LateNightCouncil.com. That's the email address. JC at LateNightCouncil.com. Keep it under six lines. And I got a bunch of emails I got to go through, see if any of them are airworthy. And if you want to tweet at me, JW Council. And you can get all the links to it, the Late Night Council Facebook page or on Twitter as well, okay? I'm going to take a a long-deserved break. You're going to get an information update. And uh, we'll be back in in a couple minutes. Stay with us. and taking a much-needed break with this here pre-recorded message. You can get a line right now while I'm doing that. 343-700-4390. That's 343-700-4390. 
That's uh, the Capital Region line. That's Ottawa, Gatineau, and close by. If you live far away, the toll-free line all across North America, 1-844-LNC-IS-ON. That's 1-844-562-4766. 1-844-562-4766. Our call service is automated, so you won't be talking to a live person until you're on air. Now, don't sweat that. Just follow the on-air prompts, and uh, you'll be fine. Trust me, you've handled this kind of technology before. Otherwise, you wouldn't be listening to me right now. You can connect with us live at tuneinradio.com or Google Play or just click the Listen Live button at latenightcouncil.com. But, you know, chances are you've already done that. Just kind of a reminder. Council does not exist without advertisers. So if you want to buy time, email me at jc at latenightcouncil.com. And the rates are so cheap because, you know, we're just relaunching and getting things going again. You are going to absolutely love the rates. And, of course, your feedback is always welcome. Tell us what you like. Tell us what you don't like. And thanks for tuning in. We're back live in just a few seconds. So hang in there. Welcome back. Got to read Eric's emails. Eric's been sending me emails like like two, like almost every show. And Eric, you're doing well, buddy. I like your emails. And he writes in uh, JC at latenightcouncil.com if you want to email me. If you're not the conversing type, calls always take precedence over emails, but we appreciate your emails and your tweets, etc. Got to be in a very dark place to even think about suicide. Now with social media, these kids can be bullied 24 hours a day. They live in the here and now and can't see what good possibilities may lie in their future. I pray they get the help that they need. Yeah, I went to school system with their entertainment and the whole culture. It's so like, it's it's void of any vitality whatsoever. So I agree with your comment there. And then he asked a question. What in the world is wrong with these people? And he sent me a link and I knew about this story. A so-called British Medical Association ethics expert, (laughs) yeah, right, says it should be okay to abort a fetus if the mother feels that it's the wrong sex. What is ethical about that? 
Eric, there's nothing ethical about it. And I would go even further to suggest that it's blatantly demonic. If you think you can take a life, you know, and you try to convince yourself, well, it's my body. Oh, really? Then why is the why is the uniqueness of that individual down to what color hair it's going to have, down to what type of, you know, ailments it will have, down to how tall it will be? Why is that determined right at the point of conception? There's nothing ethical about it. And in my opinion, it is demonic, Eric. And, you know, if you're listening, you can call in an argument with me on this. My own personal belief is I think you're seeing the overthrow of Western culture by Islam. Listen, I think we are witnessing the overthrow of Western culture by Islam. And one of the reasons is because of the millions. It's in the millions now, the millions of babies we have killed for the sake of for the sake of convenience. John, that's a little extreme. Sorry, I know the way God, how God deals with in history. And when people who have once embraced him and people who have, you know, proclaimed that they're Christian or whatever, and in the Old Testament, it was, you know, the people of Israel who were, you know, God's chosen people. When they turn their back on him, and in Romans 1, it says, you know, and this is a recurring theme on Late Night Council, it says that God turns them over to a depraved mind to do what ought not to be done. And the way we have the way we have devalued human life in the last fifty years is is, as far as I'm concerned, depravity. And God is incredibly patient. He allows this kind of blatant immorality, this blatant hatred for life, and this blatant giving God the finger and thinking that you know you're smarter than God. He allows that to go on sometimes for two, three, four generations, and then, as he did in the Old Testament, he brings in a culture that is more wicked. To judge that culture for their for their immorality. I mean, the hypocrisy of Western culture is unbelievable. You know, we rant and rave about how horrible ISIS is, and they are. How they decapitate and they do these horrible things to women and children. They torture people, and you know, they're as bad as as we say they are. But nobody seems to give a care about the way babies are dismembered inside a mother's womb. And when people try to show how horrible it is, what a particular a late term abortion, you can't even show those pictures because, you know, that's that's just, you know, that's just wrong. Excuse me. What's more wrong? Showing pictures of how badly babies are mutilated in their mother's womb or the people that actually do the killing, the doctors or the women who have bought the lie that it's their body and they have no problem dismembering and torturing to death because those little babies feel pain. God's not fooled by that kind of stuff. I would think the author of life knows a lot more about life than people are trying to who are trying to convince you. Well, it's my body. And please don't give me the feminazi garbage, okay? I'm a look at I'm a I'm a passionate feminist, big time. I can't believe modern-day feminazism in this culture, you know, is trying to ally itself with a culture that subjugates wiz- uh, 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 women like they do. And yet God, it seems to be, and I, look, I reserve the right to be wrong here. You want to call it and disagree with me, please feel free. But if God is, 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 you know, if he does things the way he usually does, he is going to judge this culture for, you know, what we have done to millions of innocent children. He's not fooled by our, you know, lies of how we've sterilized and, you know, uh, uh, murder and sanitized it. 
Eric's got another question here. Heard online that former President Jimmy Carter, who is a devoted Christian and a Sunday school teacher, believes you can be a Christian without believing that Jesus rose from the dead. I don't think so. What do you think, Pastor John? Well, I'll give you the biblical perspective on it, okay? I'm reading from 1 Corinthians 15, verse 14. It says, and if Christ has not been raised from the dead, our preaching is useless and so is your faith. So the Bible describes that kind of Christian faith as useless. And then in verse 17, it says, and if Christ has not been raised from the dead, your faith is futile and you are still in your sins. So according to the Bible, the word futile means your faith is stupid. So if that's true, what's been said about Jimmy Carter, if he's actually saying that, his faith is stupid. It's useless. All of Christianity hinges on the resurrection. If there's no resurrection, what do we waste our time for? This is an ethics club, you know? May as well get together and play canasta or euchre, you know? The resurrection changes everything. It altered the course of history. And I really hope that's not true, that report. But, you know, with a lot of things that has come out of Jimmy Carter's mouth in the last 20 years, I'm not, I'm not surprised. He's a devoted Christian. Well, that's a different definition of Christian. I guess they're talking about a cultural Christian there. Certainly not the way the Bible, devo- you know, describes a Christian. And he's a Sunday school teacher. Wow. Don't. No, in the Bible, and God bless all you Sunday school teachers out there. You know, most of you are great, but I don't see in the Bible where it says, you know, and and they'll know you're Christians by you, whether you're a Sunday school teacher or not. Just my opinion, Eric. That's what talk radio is about. Hopefully, I can back it up. You know, hopefully, I can justify it somehow. I don't know. You let me know. Three four three seven hundred forty three ninety in the capital region. That's three four three seven hundred forty three ninety. One eight four four five six two four seven six six is the long distance line. If you're calling from Boggy Creek, Manitoba, Brick, New Jersey, Oven Fork, Kentucky, or Chewsville, Massachusetts, one eight four four five six two four seven six six. That's one eight four four five six two four seven six six. JC at late dot com is the email address. And uh, you can tweet us at JW Council. I got another tune for you. Yeah. I think life's pretty messed up without God. Not the religious God that you got scared of and you were connected to a church years ago and it bored you silly. No, I mean I mean the Jesus where he says, look, at the, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy it, but I came that you might have life and have it to the full. Listen, if you're part of a church where you can't sense that life, get out of there. Don't waste your time in religious museums, you know. Get into a place where you can really where you really say, Wow, this is happening. These people these people are alive here. They seem to have something that, that you know that's real. And I can tell you right now that's probably it's probably the spirit of Christ. Okay? I got another tune that kind of talks about it. Again, from an unlikely source. A guy who seemed to be very confused in his lifetime. A guy that I you know, he it was searching for spiritual meaning, had all the money that you could want. When he died, he left it like a, oh, a, a multi-million dollar mansion in England. He used to sing with the group. You may have heard them. You know, they're four guys from Liverpool. Anyway, this is one of them.
I always thought he was like the deepest thinker in the Beatles, George Harrison. Paul McCartney was the musician. He was the guy that was the entertainer and the performer, probably the, you know, uh, arguably the the musical brains behind the, the group. John Lennon was the personality, the rebel, the rouser, you know, the guy that, that was provoking everybody. Ringo kept the steady beat in the background, kind of, you know, most people thought he was like the, the, the band's clown. You know, everybody loved him. Probably the most likable Beatle. But George was probably the deepest. George was probably asking more serious questions than anybody. He got cut up with all kinds of weird Eastern mysticism. Could never lick the smoking habit. Died of throat cancer. But he seemed to, he seemed to, you know, have a little bit of firmer grasp on life. I don't know, you know, I, I don't know where he is today. You ever go to a funeral and everybody thinks that, you know, everybody thinks when you go to a funeral, everybody goes to heaven. Everybody goes to heaven. Nobody goes to hell. You've never gone to a funeral and, you know, the pastor gets up. Well, we all know so-and-so went to hell. Listen, I had to do a funeral once of a convicted child molester. Because pastors, we get caught, you know, we don't have a choice. You know, like you can't say no to somebody that wants to bury somebody. That's, you know. And uh, hardly anybody at the funeral. How do you do a funeral of a guy that, you know, even did time? His family's not there because they were molested by him. They hated the guy. And it's not easy. I'm not going to tell you what I said because I, I, mean, I don't have my notes in front of me, and I didn't even think I'd be talking about it tonight. But I didn't candy coat things. I mean, look at I reserve the right to be wrong, but every from everything I know of life, from everything I know of God or the Bible, I believe the guy's in hell today. But you hold out hope that maybe before he died, he called out to God. 
You hold out hope that maybe, you know, he understood his sin and he called out to God for, for, for salvation. And, and Acts 2.21, crazy scripture. I mean, you know, and you could argue, man, that's not fair. Well, I'm not the one that makes the rules. I'm just giving you the word. It says whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved because only he's got all the facts. He knows a person's heart. He knows who's being phony. He knows who's putting on a show. And he knows who's really being sincere when they call out on him. Ephesians, Ephesians 2 and 8, uh, 3 and 8 says, uh, you know, our salvation is not of our own merit. It's not something that we work for. It's a free gift. And we can choose to accept or reject it. So God actually lets people reject that free gift. And if I'm reading the Bible correctly, and if I'm not, please call in and tell me the way it should be read. There only seems to be two options after life, heaven and hell. There's no, I don't see any purgatory. And I know that's a doctrine that the Catholic Church promotes, but I don't see that explicitly in the Bible like heaven and hell is at all. It says our works will be refined, but it doesn't say anything about us being refined. And whether that's even in the afterlife or not is unclear by, if you go by Scripture. Three four three seven hundred forty three ninety. Yeah, I'm talking about weird stuff tonight. Well, that's what happens. It goes. It takes on a life of its own. That's the way late night council works. Three four three seven hundred forty three ninety. If you want to get in on this, three four three seven hundred forty three ninety in the capital region. Three four three seven hundred forty three ninety. One eight four four five six two four seven six six is the long distance line. That's one eight four four five six two four seven six six. JC at LateNightCouncil.com is the email address. It's got to be under six lines or I don't even look at it. JC at LateNightCouncil.com. And you can tweet at me at JWCouncil on another topic. And I know I'm going to run out of time at the top of the hour and I'm going to have to go to a break. So maybe I'll just, uh, you know, leave you with a cliffhanger so you don't take off on me and you stick with me live here for the whole thing. Islam. Islam has already taken over uh, school boards in Ontario here. Oh, John, that's a little extreme. No, no, it really has. I mean, come on. How else would you describe it? Islam has literally taken over school boards, certain school boards in Ontario. Because there are school boards that are clearly, these are public school boards now. They are clearly promoting one religion over another. In a country that hypocritically tries to pass itself off as practicing separation of church and state. Separation of church and state means that the state will not promote one religion over another, okay? And this is going on in school boards in Ontario, especially where there's a, a, a high Muslim population. Public school boards have rolled over and died. I don't know, maybe it's just Kathleen Wynne and Justin Trudeau's, and in Kathleen Wynne and Justin Trudeau's minds, you know, there should be no separation of mosque and state. Oh, yeah, you, you hear both of them speak very eloquently about the separation of church and state. But you never hear them talk about the separation of mosque and state. Ever. Ever. Have you? I mean, Kathleen Wynne, you know, delights in being, uh, you know, photographed in, in a hijab. And, and Justin Trudeau, I mean, delights in, you know, being photographed in prayer meetings where there's only men, only men. This guy's supposed to be some, you know, great champion of, of human rights and women's rights. And there he is, allying himself, you know, in a group where only men are allowed. Church and state, oh, no, no, we can't have that. No, there's separation of church and state. Can't have the two together. Mosque and state, oh, that's a different different thing, totally. At least it seems this way. Now, you want to call in and give me the other side, feel free, okay? 
Some pretty provocative stuff that was in the uh, the Ottawa Sun today. No, last Friday. Sorry. And and, and I, wow. I mean, what blows me away, I'm not surprised, you know, that people that have no, you know, uh, no moral compass and no spiritual compass, you know, the old saying is, you know, they become so openly minded that their brains have fallen out. So, like, I don't, I'm not surprised. But what surprises me is that people of, you know, people that do understand right from wrong, people that do understand, you know, what is going, you know, that kind of understand and they can recognize hypocrisy for what it is. I can't believe more people are not screaming and yelling about this. I'm quoting from uh, Farzana Hassan's article in the Ottawa Sun on Friday. That's mind-blowing of how really Islam has taken over the Peel District School Board, the Peel Public District School Board. They get whatever they want. They even get funding for their prayer meetings and their prayer groups. This is tax dollars. And nobody says boo. Because every, I don't know, is it because people are intimidated by Islam? Is it because, you know, yeah, we've got separation of church and state, but, we, but no way we have a separation of mosque and state. In fact, we've got the state saying, you will not criticize Islam. And it's enshrined in you know, law now that you know, to combat Islamophobia. Excuse me? My faith doesn't get those kind of privileges. Hinduism doesn't get that kind of privilege. Sikhism doesn't get that kind of privilege. 343-700-4390, if you want to preempt some of the things I'm going to say by you calling and giving your opinion, feel free. 343-700-4390. Remember, it is of the Ask the Pastor theme here. I'm going to put the spiritual side on it. I always do. Or at least make an honest attempt. one 4766 That's 1-844-562-4766. It's going to take a quick information break and then right back at you. Stay with us. So I'm reloading and taking a much-needed break with this here pre-recorded message. You can get a line right now while I'm doing that. 343-700-4390. That's 343-700-4390. That's uh, the Capital Region line. That's Ottawa, Gatineau, and close by. If you live far away, the toll-free line all across North America. 1-844-LNC is on. That's one 844 562-4766 Our call service is automated so you won't be talking to a live person until you're on air Now don't sweat that, just follow the on-air prompts and uh, you'll be fine, trust me, you've handled this kind of technology before, otherwise you wouldn't be listening to me right now You can connect with us live at tuneinradio.com or Google Play or just click the listen live button at latenightcouncil.com but you know, chances are you've already done that just kind of a reminder
Late night council does not exist without advertisers. So if you want to buy time, email me at jc at latenightcouncil.com. And the rates are so cheap because, you know, we're just relaunching and getting things going again. You are going to absolutely love the rates. And, of course, your feedback is always welcome. Tell us what you like. Tell us what you don't like. And thanks for tuning in. We're back live in just a few seconds. So hang in there. Welcome back to Late Night Council, 343-700-4390. In the Capital Region, that's 343-700-4390. 1-844-562-4766 is the long-distance line. That's 1-844-562-4766. JC at LateNightCouncil.com is the email address. You can tweet at me at JWCouncil. I made the comment before uh, uh, the break. That it seems like, and please, if I'm if I'm being sensational or, or you know uh, giving a wrong side here, you, you know, I want to hear from you on this. It seems like that in some school boards in Ontario, Islam has almost taken over. Let me quote Farzana Hassan in the Sun from Friday. Parents' concern in partic- is particularly acute at one school board in Ontario, Peel District, that has multiple schools offering congregational services. The school board story has been well documented in the media. They're offering congregational services, Islamic congregational services, in a tax-funded school board. The Peel Board spends considerable money and effort on accommodating religious practices. It's only the Islamic practices here. Such as in reviewing the request for space, ensuring a room is available, and providing a supervisor. This is mind-blowing. I mean, Christianity is not only not not accommodated in these school boards, and in school boards across Ontario, Christian values get routinely mocked. Its practitioners maligned. In so-called fair Canada. Please spare me the hypocritical BS, you know, that we're all about equal rights for everybody. Oh, give me a break. My eyes roll in the back of my head so far, I think they, they, they bash the back of my neck. More from Farzana Hassan here. Such mainstream educational issues are real concerns for parents who do not subscribe to the culture that is developing in some school districts in Canada. The parents I spoke with said that the board in question heard their concerns but said it was, listen to this, this is Peel the school board's response. Okay, it was they said that they were legally required to provide faith accommodations. What a truckload of BS. 
I was trying to do, I was doing youth Bible studies, okay, in the 80s. I went, to, I did five, I did the, did five different high schools a week when I youth pastored in Windsor. And that, we're talking 35, 34 years ago. And you had to get special permission like crazy. And, and as early as the early 90s, as I've gone back to those cities, they don't even allow that anymore. Why? Because it's Christian. And yet Peel is saying that they're legally required to provide faith accommodations? It's news to me. Certainly not for the Christian faith. When did you ever hear of a public school board board suggesting that it was legally required to provide faith accommodations? When have you ever heard that anywhere, at least for the Christian faith? I mean, how do I interpret this any other way than to suggest that Islam has taken over the Peel District School Board? It's promoting Islam to the exclusion of all other faiths. You want to hear something worse than that? If the implications are as bad as I think they are here? You know what is worse than that? Ontario doesn't even care. People of the Christian faith don't even care. Yeah, I know we're supposed to love. I know we're supposed to turn the other cheek. I know there's a, you know what? I think we're also supposed to, you know, Jesus said, if you're ashamed of me and my words, I'll be ashamed of you in heaven. And I know there's a way to do it in love with compassion and with class. And you don't have to be inflammatory. But it seems as though people of the Christian faith are rolling over and dying. And not like Christ laid his life down to change the world. Christianity is not rolling over and dying for other faiths and for immorality and perversion, okay? It's rolling over and dying out of apathy. It's rolling over and dying and becoming martyrs in places like Pakistan and India and Iraq and Egypt right now. That's a different type of sacrifice. That's a different type of surrender. Our Christian faith and our passion in Ontario seems to be sacrificed at the altar of apathy and distraction and wealth. And religiosity. Well, the church service was great on on Sunday. Boy, the pastor really spoke well. And wasn't the music wonderful? Great. And the devil's taken over the entire school system. Am I being too inflammatory? Am I being too sensational, provocative, etc.? Give me your take on it then. 343-743-90. That's 343-743-90. one 5624766 is the long distance number. That's one 5624766 And I haven't even hit on, you know, the anti-family or no, the, the reconstruction of family and you know the the, the 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 abolition of the traditional family and the abolition of traditional marriage. I haven't even talked about yet what, what they've done to our school system. And how they've bullied people into accepting a morality that, you know, if you criticize them, you're the bully. If you even speak out and say, hey, just wait a second here. I don't necessarily agree. Oh, you're hate. That's hate. That's 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 homophobic. I, mean, I, I don't use the term common sense anymore because I look on TV. That's what common sense is because common sense is what most people believe. Most people are buying into this stuff. Most people have accepted this as normal. It, it's insane. It's Romans one. It's a Romans one culture. I had to pick this up, and, and this is how, and, and I, in Canada, 
we're not too far away from North Korea that controls everything that the people see and everything that they do. I mean, I, I really believe that a lot of our leaders, that that's what their main goal is. Have everybody employed by the government, have the government controlling absolutely everything. Because I know the Globe and Mail did a piece on what happened in, 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 in the Niagara School Board. My brother just retired from the Niagara School Board. And I used to live in St. Catharines, so I know the territory very well. You may not have heard of this story. I had to go to, don't cringe when I say it, okay? And if you want to call in and criticize, feel free. But I had to find this on Fox News because I know that Canadian media would never touch this, at least not from this angle. They reported it as, I'm sure the Global Mail reported it as, oh, you know, these, these repressive homophobic people in the Niagara region, what's wrong with them? What are you talking about, John? Well, I'll give you part of the article. LGBT Canadians are furious after a Catholic school district canceled performances of a play about gender identity meant for children as young as five years old. I fear these cancellations may be based on misinformation, grown out of fear, intolerance, transphobia, homophobia, and misogyny, wrote Jessica Carmichael, the artistic director of the Carousel Playhouse. The Playhouse, it just happened like a couple weeks ago, folks. The Playhouse had been scheduled to perform a play called Boys, Girls, and Other Mythological Creatures. The show had already been booked at five elementary schools in the Niagara Catholic School District. Boy, they must have they must have done some misrepresentation and deception to get this okay to play at a Catholic school board. I mean, come on. The play features an eight-year-old boy who dresses as a girl and questions his gender. In the play, Simon, or Simone, feels boxed in by the restraints of gender. Carmichael wrote in a letter posted on the Playhouse website. It turns out the Canadian government believes in a, it's a, appropriate to discuss transgenderism with small children without their parents being present. I'm surprised the actors didn't try to give the kids condoms. His words, not mine, but I do agree with them. Carmichael defended the production by referring to guidelines approved by the Ontario Ministry of Indoctrination, and pardon me, the Ministry of Education, I should remind you that was Kathleen Wynne's portfolio in the McGuinty government before Ontario voted her in as their comrade leader. The curriculum states, in case you didn't know, okay? And most Ontario people don't care, so they don't know. The curriculum states, it is also critical to student success to create an atmosphere which students of all body shapes and sizes, abilities, gender identities, and sexual orientations, and ethnoculture, racial, and religious backgrounds feel accepted, comfortable, and free from harassment. That's what the curriculum states. The play was initially performed for one Catholic grade school, and it did not take them long to realize the content was definitely not age-appropriate. The school district released a statement explaining that the play was not originally presented as a play about gender identity. Did you get that? So this production, these production people, they misrepresented what the play was about so they could get in and indoctrinate the kids. And anybody who criticizes them, they immediately label as hateful, homophobic, and all those other adjectives they use. They can't handle anybody disagreeing with them. And if you do disagree with them... Folks, don't you see how this is bullying? Don't you see how the Ontario government particularly has bullied people that disagree with this, you know, 
newfangled faddish morality that was being forced on our kids. I mean, the bullying is absolutely reprehensible here, and it needs to be called out for what it is. Now, the writer from the article, again, I'm, I'm quoting Fox News here. I had to go to an American news organization to get this kind of take on, on what's been going on in Canada. Because nobody in Canada, uh, in mainstream media, is exposing this stuff. Kudos to Catholic educators for standing their ground and ordering the playhouse to pack up and get out of their schoolhouses. And while LGBT groups are accusing the Catholics of being homophobic and transphobic and others, others are applauding their resolve. And, of course, we're not hearing anything in Canada about uh, people applauding the Catholic school board in Niagara for kicking these people out. All we get is criticism and you know that they're racist and homophobic. It's appalling for any school board, let alone a Catholic one, to use a cutesy play to force gender ideology and whatever else, whatever other latest social fad is on kids who are nowhere near equipped to process that information, said Tanya Allen from LifeSite News. Grade schools have turned, and, and he makes a statement here that I totally agree with. You want to disagree, call in, feel free. Grade schools have turned into left-wing indoctrination centers. It's imperative for parents to engage with educators so they can fight back against these social justice warriors. Otherwise, schools will simply become playgrounds for the gender and sex revolutionaries. That's exactly what they become in Ontario. Haven't they? There's no backlash against this at all in Ontario. None! This is state-enforced religion. Your tax dollars are paying for this garbage. Where's the moral revulsion? Where's the moral revulsion that can at least perceive this insidious evil for what it is? This is is indoctrination. It's got nothing to do with religion. It's got everything to do with religion, okay? It's It's the worship of man. It's basically God giving the finger. We're spiritual creatures. We, we gravitate to some type of worship. And if you don't like what God says in the various religions that are available, you come up with your own morality. So we've got this pseudo-morality that's promoted by academia, that's promoted by, by Hollywood and, and, and the apathetic culture that we live in now that has everything it needs and almost everything it wants has embraced it without even giving two thoughts to the long-term consequences. Three four three seven hundred four seven hundred forty three ninety. That's the capital region line. Three four three seven hundred forty three ninety. 1-844-562-4766 is the long distance line. That's one eight four four five six two four seven six six. JC at LateNightCouncil dot com is the email address. JC at LateNightCouncil dot com, and you can tweet at me at JW Council. I'm going to look at the emails now, see if any of them are airworthy. I'm going to see if there's any tweets I want to get on the air. And uh, I don't know, maybe I should maybe I should put out an apocalyptic tune right now. Kind of fitting, you know, for the mood that we're kind of got going here. You be the judge.
Didn't know Rod Stewart could sing gospel, eh? Well, a lot of them can, you know. And, of course, he's backed up by the greatest guitarist that ever lived, none other than Jeff Beck. Used to be a band in the 60s called the Jeff Beck Group. Their lead singer was Rod Stewart. Jeff Beck was the guy that gave Rod Stewart his first big break. Everybody loved his voice, so he went solo. And they collaborated on that tune. Oh, that would have been oh, in the middle 90s. And they never got along because they both got big egos, you know. And whether you like Rod Stewart or Jeff Beck or not, I, I, I honestly believe that Jeff Beck is the greatest guitarist that has ever lived. Guy's amazing. But this is Ask the Pastor. This is Late Night Council. And I was on a bit of a rant if you're just joining me. You really need to get the podcast. You know, get the podcast for this show just for the sake of 13 reasons why suicide is the worst option that we talked about earlier in the program. And, uh, of course, the other stuff we've been yakking about, I mean, uh, I think there are people that could probably benefit from it. Mike sent in a very interesting take on the question I threw out there about suicides. And I talked about Samson being the only really sanctioned suicide in the Bible. And Mike's got a very interesting take here. It says, Jesus handed himself over knowing he was about to die. He laid down his life for us. I also think someone throwing themselves on the grenade or some other form of self-sacrifice like in a war Acts that you know will cost you your life, but you do it anyways, would be sanctioned. I, Jesus is not a suicide, though. He did not kill himself. They killed him. And the grenade, you know, is meant to kill other people. Somebody, you know, taking it and protecting people, that's not a suicide. That is sacrificing your life. That's giving your life. A suicide would be, I want to kill myself, so I'm going to take this grenade and hold it and blow myself up. Samson initiated the suicide. Samson was the guy that let me die with the Philistines. He's the guy that pushes the pillars. He's the guy that he dies by his own hand. Martyrdom and sacrificing your life for somebody and laying down their life, that's not the same. In my opinion, that's not the same. And Mike, you're a good debater. If you want to call in and give the other side, feel free. I don't think that is in the same category. And then, and and I love this email. And and if you listen to the rant just before the break, you'll know what he's where he's coming from. This is really good. It's, again, Mike's email. Have you ever heard of separation of evolution and state? Separation of environmentalism and state? Separation of secularism and state? Separation of agnosticism and state? Separation of fake science and state? How about the separation of worship of self and state? No, just separation of the Judeo-Christian God of the Bible and state. It is not possible to avoid promoting one religion over the other. Hence, all of these state-sanctioned religions have replaced idols. In other words, they've replaced God with idols. That's very insightful, Mike. Very, very insightful. Bill Mahar, of course, would not agree with you. Neither would, uh, you know, Richard Dawkins. But I agree with you, and it's just my opinion. I think I think God agrees with you as well. Three four three seven hundred forty three ninety. That's three four three seven hundred forty three ninety. One eight four four five six two four seven six six is the long distance line. JC at late night dot com. 
is the email address. And you can tweet at me at JW Council. Emmanuel Macron. Have you heard of this guy yet? Well, you will. He's the new president of France. And there are a lot of implications there, okay? Because, anyway, I, I, sometimes the world of the, world of the political, you know, uh, um, encroaches on the world of the spiritual. And I think this is a case where it has. Especially if you're, if you're a fan of Bible prophecy and you like to interpret things, okay, and you kind of have a take on that or an opinion on it. I have very little, but I'm always entertained at, you know, how people like to interpret the book of Revelation and Thessalonians and Daniel and all, and, and you know, various apocalyptic works in, in the Bible. And um, there are those who believe that uh, the book of Revelation and the book of Daniel teach that there will be a sort of a, a revived Roman Empire that a world leader is going to lead and wreak havoc on people that don't fall in line with his, with his you know, religion. And you could see the culture bending that way because, I mean, uh, state-sanctioned religion, like uh, Mike has, uh, you know, uh, identified it quite well. You know, you go against that, you're going to get in trouble. And if you criticize anybody that's promoting it, you could even, you know, be fined or, or put in jail. Now, what's that got to do with the new president of France? Well, this guy, he went to the podium to accept his win, and he didn't go to the podium with the Marseillais playing in the background, which is the French national anthem. You know, dun 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 That's the French national anthem. Instead, he went to the podium with la 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 ode to joy which is the anthem of the European Union. Here's a guy who's the newly elected president of France, and he wants to send a thundering message to everybody. This guy's all about globalism. This guy is all about a one-world government. This is guy's all about, you know, of... Oh, there's a real funny picture on Twitter. And it shows Emmanuel Macron, and he's on the floor sitting at the feet. And it's not Photoshopped. It is not... You know, you see all kinds of photoshops. Somebody took a picture of him sitting at the feet of Angela Merkel, the leader of Germany. And the caption said, whatever happens in the French election, a woman is going to be leading France after it. In other words, Marie Le Pen is either going to win or Macron's going to win. And if he wins, he's a puppet of Angela Merkel in the European Union. And you can agree or disagree. I've heard people tweeting today, I've read people tweeting that tourism, and, and he has not said anything about, you know, the, the, the Islamist invasion of Europe, okay? Don't give me this migrant refugee nonsense. It's a planned invasion, and they even admit it so. People that understand in the Islamic, in the Islamist section of, the, of, of Islam, they've been planning this for years. And this is being preached in Iran and Saudi Arabia and most other Islamic countries that are led by Islam. We will take over. Yasser Arafat said said it better than anybody. We will take over and we won't even have to fire a bullet because our most powerful weapon is the womb. Because while Western culture is killing most of its babies because abortions in Western culture in Europe and North America, there are more abortions than there are live births. While Americans, Canadians, and Europeans are killing their babies 
Muslims are keeping theirs. And if you notice, they have big families, way big families. And just by sheer demographics, they're going to be taking over Europe and North America, probably the next Europe in the next 10 to 15 years, because they're kind of impatient in Europe. They've realized that the, that the ideological left is wel- welcoming them with open arms, and they're literally taking over. And people were tweeting today over France. They said, uh, you know, there's probably going to be a, a dramatic spike in tourism because of this election because everybody's going to want to go to Paris before the Islamists, you know, burn the Eiffel Tower down. They want to see it before it's destroyed. And the Louvre and everything else, you know, that's t- wonderful to see in Paris. And there have been reports, pretty, pretty, you know, substantial reports, that tourism in Europe in the last two or three years is dramatically dropping because of, of, of the crime that's taken place. And, of course, mainstream media sweeping it all under the rug. Oh, a crazed driver, you know, killed 20 people by driving a truck, you know. And more often than not, the guy's yelling Allahu Akbar while he's slaughtering people, and mainstream media is not saying a thing about it. Not a thing. What's the biblical perspective on that? Hey, we, I almost quote it now almost every Sunday night. It's in Romans 1, Okay. Where it says, you know, seeing that, you know, men thought that it it wasn't profitable to retain the knowledge of God, God turned them over to a depraved mind so that they would do what ought not to be done. Look at it for yourself. Romans 1, verses 18 to the end of the chapter. Romans 1, 18 to 32. I have quoted it, oh, at least a half a dozen times in the last, you know, two or three months on this broadcast. You can't count God out of the out of, out of history. God intervenes in history all the time. He's the one that's pulled the strings from behind the scenes. The Psalms even says that you know that there's nobody that rises to power that He hasn't allowed. It says promotion does not come from the east or the west, but God is the one who sets one up and tears another down. And we are so self righteous in our culture, thinking that we are so right. We're the good guys. God's not fooled. He's not. Three four three seven hundred forty three ninety. That's three four three seven hundred forty three ninety. One eight four four five six two four seven six six. You know this has been a good. This has been a good show so far. We're like ninety minutes in. And I, and I want you to know something. I I I would rather put out on podcast a, a ripping good ninety minute podcast than two hours where you know I got to kind of do filler at the end. And I do have other stuff to talk about, but I don't know if I want to. I don't know if I want to go there because we've, re- in my opinion, we've reached a level of excellence tonight that that I don't want to soil by you know, unless of course we get a call or some decent emails, okay? But we may be, and I've done it before because I can do it, okay? I'm the CEO of Council Communications. It's awesome, okay? We may end a little bit earlier tonight. I'd rather end with a you know a great podcast and with a great show than yeah you kind of dragged it I will not drag it doesn't take place we'll, that's not going to happen we'll see what happens when we get back though okay go take an information break and uh, if you want to get on the line right now three four three seven hundred forty three ninety that's three four three seven hundred forty three ninety one eight four four five six two four seven six six is the long distance line that's one eight four four five six two four seven six six JC at late night council dot com it's got to be under six lines and uh, JW Council is the Twitter exchange information break, and then we're right back. Stay with us.
So I'm reloading and taking a much-needed break with this here pre-recorded message. You can get a line right now while I'm doing that. 343-700-4390. That's 343-700-4390. That's uh, the Capital Region line. That's Ottawa, Gatineau, and close by. If you live far away, the toll-free line all across North America. 1-844-LNC is on. That's 1-844-562-4766. 1-844-562-4766. Our call service is automated. So you won't be talking to a live person until you're on air. Now, don't sweat that. Just follow the on-air prompts, and uh, you'll be fine. Trust me, you've handled this kind of technology before. Otherwise, you wouldn't be listening to me right now. You can connect with us live at TuneInRadio.com or Google Play or just click the Listen Live button at LateNightCouncil.com. But, you know, chances are you've already done that. Just kind of a reminder. Council does not exist without advertisers. So if you want to buy time, email me at jc at latenightcouncil.com. And the rates are so cheap because, you know, we're just relaunching and getting things going again. You are going to absolutely love the rates. And, of course, your feedback is always welcome. Tell us what you like. Tell us what you don't like. And thanks for tuning in. We're back live in just a few seconds. So hang in there. like that tune i always think of the government when i hear this tune because uh, the title of the tune is blood sucking leeches look it up okay you want to see a real cheesy video now actually the band is incredible the band is they used to be the dixie dregs then they were the dregs then steve morse left the band and and became the lead guitarist from for deep purple okay but the dixie dregs and they were going on they'd be going between let me see oh all the way back to 1980 from 80 to, oh, before that, you know, about 77 to about 90. Put out a lot of great albums. And uh, uh, if you go on YouTube, there is a video of 
um, um, uh, the Dixie Dregs, the Dregs, doing that tune. I, I believe it's that tune. Yeah, it's that tune. You can find a video of them doing blood-sucking leeches on American Bandstand. Now, this is a kicking, progressive, super-talented rock band. This was not a pop band. Now, if you look at the whole video, they've got them doing, you know, they had a lead singer. They tried a lead singer because they thought that was a way to make money. It's really cheesy. It's oh, it's, it's late 70s, so, like, you're going to laugh. But there is another. They go to a station break, and they come back, and they actually do Blood Sucking Leeches, which is an instrumental. You never saw that on American Bandstand. And it's totally out of character for the type of show it is, but it's, it's a really it's a good video. It's not bad. Give you something to do after the show tonight. Three four three seven for you lonely types that don't have to go to work early tomorrow. Maybe three four, or maybe you're working from home because you're listening in Gatineau and you can't get to work because of floods. Trying to brighten your night and make it a little easier for you. Three four three seven hundred forty three ninety. If you want to squeeze in a call, that's three four three seven hundred forty three ninety. One eight four five six two four seven six six. You know, I was almost ready to pack it in, but you know, I I I I I think I know who this is on the phone here. Let's find out and uh, just uh, confirm who's on who's on the air with us. It's Mike. It's Mike. See, Mike loves this show. Mike's committed. Mike wants to keep it going. Wants to extend the bottom line. How you doing, buddy? And, uh, yeah, good. I didn't want to interrupt because the rest of the show was so great. So well, I, I tell you, good emails, it. buddy. Good emails. I'm telling you, you, you contributed already, even without phoning in. Those were good emails. I really enjoyed those. What's on your mind? Um, well, again, I want to just really underscore, because I think it's important, even though we've talked about it a lot of times, the separation of church and state stuff, I think it's really critical because you can see the consequence of this. You know, we like to believe the idea that, uh, I think most people would believe nature abhors a vacuum. We've all used that phrase. I think we even believe it. Well, if that's true, then when you take God out of the top spot, how is it not possible that some other idol is going to replace God? And that's exactly what's happened. And it's exactly what's happened. Yep. There's no denying yep. it. So it holds true even in that. Um, so the whole separation of church and state, again, we are borrowing from the Americans with this phrase and with its meaning. Mm-hmm. And it had multiple meanings. And, and what they originally intended was you had Catholics, you had Protestants, you had Mormons, you had different, different denominations, you even had Jews as well as Christians, but they all believed in the Bible. The founders of that country and their system, as they stated, was founded in Judeo-Christian, the Bible. So there is no getting around that. They, when their First Amendment was... We, government shall make no establishment of religion nor prohibit the free exercise thereof. What they mean was that you do not have, we are not going to pass a law that says everyone will now be Mormons. And they are not going to pass a law that says nobody's allowed to be a Mormon. That's what that means. That's mm-hmm. it. Pick the face, substitute whatever in. Now, in terms of, you know, again, uh, at the found, you know, first with the Declaration, they, uh, who do you appeal to when the King of England is the one violating the law? There is nobody more powerful on the planet than, than the King of England at that time. Mm-hmm. The only person you can appeal to is God. They appealed to God. So they base everything, they start from that point, and then during the Constitutional Convention, it is Benjamin Franklin who stands up and gives the speech, and he says, if we continue building this political empire without the aid of God, we will fare no better than the builders of Babel. You cannot get more specific than that. They did not try to do it without God's aid. And I think that's why we've, got the, moral, that's why we've got the moral mess in, in uh, Western culture now. 
Well, sure, because, again, they took, and, and this is what the, the devil does. He cloaks himself as an angel of light. The progressives cloaked themselves in one of the founders, so they picked this obscure phrase that, ben, or that uh, Thomas Jefferson did use, but he did not use it the way it is now being used. Again, that is Hugo Black. That is a, a Klansman. A, a, this is a Supreme Court decision in the United States. So this is progressivism. This is replacing God and getting God out of the system. Mm-hmm. I mean, even on the in God we trust. I mean, there's no mistake in that. They're not talking Allah, they're not talking Buddha, and they're not talking the wicker chair on your porch. <laughs> we know what they mean. Right? So, again, it's substituting an idol for God. So when we, even when we say that it's not promoting one religion over another, here's how I see it. If you're, like, as for me, I know about you, John, but for me, in me and my house, we serve the Lord. Mm-hmm. And if I have company over, you don't have to serve the Lord, you don't have to partake in the Lord's Supper, but you will respect the fact that this house honors the Lord. Mm-hmm. And if you don't honor it while you're a guest in my home, out the door you go. Quite simple. Mm-hmm. I'm welcoming of all people, just as Christ was welcoming. But you will respect my beliefs. Mm-hmm. And be lucky, be fortunate that my beliefs doesn't include strapping you a chair and throwing you off the roof because I disagree with you, which happens in other countries. Yep, that's exactly what happens. So, like, you know, all this idea that we're going to have all these multicultural or, or we're going to have all these religions line up with the Bible. And, and now, now it's not even lined up with the Bible because we're really shoving that one just off the end. Mm-hmm. You notice how we're, we're all these things, homophobic and so forth, but you notice how they're never Christophobic? Yeah, never. Yeah. And yet for years I've had, so, to, I've had to counsel, you know, families and young people who have been ridiculed, mocked, maligned, and persecuted right in our schools, in our high schools here in Ontario. And now we've got and, now and we've got now we've got the Peel Regional School telling people, and they believe it there. Okay, and when they're questioned on why they're providing you know prayer rooms for the Islamic faith, they're telling people they're legally required to provide faith accommodations. <laughs> That's amazing! Absolutely amazing! And neither you or I are are professing that there have never been sinful Christians or Jews. The entire <laughs> Bible is filled with them. Yeah. Yeah. So we understand what that means. We, we also understand that they are not supposed to be doing that. The Word of God tells us how we're supposed to behave. Mm-hmm. It's amazing to me, again, that we, ha- in faith, have believed that secularism is supposed to govern us. Well, that's paganism. That's anti-Christ. That's anti-God, anti-the Word of God. So where in that Bible does it say, I want you not to listen to me when you govern yourselves? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's the only place with Babylon that he made them submit because they were being punished. And then he punished Babylon for their evil. And like I said, he brought in a more evil nation than them to punish them, and he told them specifically, you will not, you must submit to this. If you don't, you will die. And that, to me, meant hell. You will submit to correction. Thanks, Mike. Thanks. I don't think I can add to that. I don't think I can. I don't think I can. Uh, in fact, I think that's a good way to end the program. What do you think? Well, you know, email me. I'm easy to find. The same email you used to get on the show. That's the that's that's the only email I use now. JC at LateNightCouncil dot com. And uh, I'm gonna leave you with I'm gonna leave you with a, a delightful tune from Motown. Dion Warwick and the Spinners. Okay. 
And, you know, I've heard this song for, oh, I, I remember hearing it for the first time maybe 40, 45 years ago. And from the first time I ever heard it, I always thought, you know what? You could That sounds like somebody singing about Jesus. It does. Listen to the lyrics. I know it's a romantic ditty and it's a love song. But I'll tell you, when you hear her singing with the spinners, it's a lot of fun. But I think of, a, you know what? That, you could sing that to God. You could. Don't believe me? Well, I leave you with Then Came You. Have yourself a decent week. Good night.